Welcome to the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast, where we go over exactly what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in Houston. So let's talk about the the really main thing I, I wanted to have you on for, because I think this is super important and super valuable. Um, so why don't we talk about the STEM Nanny Company? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And you probably can do it a lot better than I can. So I'll let you lead in, and then I've got a lot of questions. Absolutely. So we are an educational nanny agency that serves the greater Houston area. So we, of course, serve the central Houston area, but also suburbs of Houston, such as Katy, Spring, Pearland. And you can think of our nannies as traditional nannies with an educational twist. So our pool of candidates may have a background in teaching, formal early childhood education, or a history of creating engaging ways to keep their children um, active throughout the day. But they also uh, provide the traditional household support that you may come to expect with a nanny. And of course, we'll talk more about what those nanny duties are. Our agency only staffs full-time, long-term positions, so we are a great fit for families who are seeking a nanny for a minimum of one year, though most of our candidates hope to serve a family for many years to come. So um, if you are looking to form that true parenting team, we're likely a great fit for you. And our role in the relationship with parents is to make it easy to hire a great nanny. So families can think of us as their personal HR team, as well as their personal matchmaker. So first on the HR side, we ensure that the candidate is a great employee, but then we confirm that they're actually a great employee for that family. So we assess things such as the family's personality traits, management style, their worldview, their child rearing approach, and much more to identify candidates that naturally align with the styles that the parents like to implement in the household and we highlight any areas that that candidate may not align for families to consider holistically with their education, expertise, and experience. And so for families who value education, but can't or don't want to spend hours reviewing the resumes, contacting the references, verifying work history, conducting interviews, and all the other steps that it takes to ensure that you're onboarding a trustworthy, proactive, engaging candidate into your home, um, we do the work for you. Oh, so good. Yeah, I, I just um, remember the process that we went through. And to be fair, um, my wife did almost all of it. But um, I do remember just the interview process of, of trying to sit down and, and really trying to, you know, delve into or, or ferret out um, the you know, I mean, it, an interview is one thing, but trying to really get to what somebody really thinks versus just what they're saying, I, I think there's a lot of stress involved. And by going through an agency that's got a lot more experience in that, that, that goes through some of those deeper things, I can imagine how that's so much more beneficial. So talk to talk to us about, you did a lot of, you talk about a lot of analysis from the nanny portion, but also with the family portion. Tell us how you go through that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as you mentioned, there are a lot of touch points needed to really hone in on 
what a person thinks outside of an interview. Um, so how a person behaves when they're comfortable after the first month or the first 90 days is over. Uh, so there are multiple conversations and we've refined our interview process to ask questions in a specific way. We've trained our team to um, not take things for face value, but really dive in and uncover every stone that we see. Um, we also trust our intuition. So um, if any person on our team is not 100% confident with a candidate, we don't proceed with them because we know that parents are entrusting us to ensure that the best candidates are entering their home. Um, and so in terms of the process, uh, we facilitate multiple interviews with each candidate. We complete in-depth interviews with a minimum of three references, though we typically speak with between four to six. Um, and so if a candidate was, let's say, a previous teacher, we'll make sure to speak with two supervisors from that position because we may not just trust one. We want them to echo the same information to us to, again, verify that it is legitimate but also accurate and what we want to see is that the references uh, saw what we saw so the characteristics that we have observed in the candidate they have been able to maintain throughout their employments with their previous employers um, and then after those initial vetting steps we then ask uh, more tailored questions related to what makes that a happy environment for the employee so that we can match parents that naturally align with that or coach parents on this is what your nanny needs to be happy in the position long term and we also do it the other way around um, all of the we do ma maintain strict privacy for our clients but we do inform nannies of um ways that they can start out on the right foot. We encourage our nannies to facilitate check-ins with their families. We provide scripts to help them do so because we have seen that, um, you know, communication with an employer can be a daunting thing for nannies. And so we do everything that we can to make every single step of the process as easy as possible. So we coach the nannies on checking in, both giving feedback to the parents, which is essential, and then also asking for feedback from the parents as well. And then um, continue to check in with both the nannies and the families throughout that placement period to make sure that uh, the relationship is continuing to grow well and provide any support or coaching if it, it, if it is needed. So we are continually making resources. So if your family has a unique problem, we will either create or recommend a resource to help with that, check in with you to see if that thing has been implemented, um, the improvements have been made, and continue to walk with you through that process to ensure that you have a successful long-term relationship. That's so good. I, I, I never really thought about that. I've never really had problem giving people feedback or asking for feedback, but I can imagine how um, when you're new to a job, really for, any, for most people I would say, it's probably difficult to give your boss feedback, right? Or, um, yeah, either to give them feedback or maybe ask for certain things that would make it your job easier. So yeah, I think to have that third party involved in there to be able to kind of drop in with both, um, both sides to be able to get that perspective and then maybe translate some of those things it probably makes it much much easier versus you know hey i need you to do it this way and you're in a, as a parent right you're in a rush you're stressed you give that feedback a little bit too harshly and it just 
it just sets a set of dominoes off that you never really intended because you didn't mean it that way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, that's a huge, huge thing that I, I never really thought about. Huge benefit. But even if, I guess and if you don't have that third party step, you have to be cognizant of, of being able to set up some type of system where they can give feedback to you. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not like a restaurant. Remember the suggestion box in the restaurants, right? You give your employee suggestion box. You know, you only usually have only have one nanny, so you know who that's going to be coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And in that you regard, you do three interviews. Um, or no, I cut mm -hmm. you off. Go ahead. Sorry. In that regard, um, yeah, it's definitely best if you are securing a nanny independently to set those communications up front in advance. Schedule pre-schedule the cadence of the communication. And the great thing about doing that is that um, you'll see if you have different expectations. So if you're a parent that only wants to check in once a month, but the nanny has the expectation that you guys will check in at minimum by the end of the week, but ideally every other day, that may cue you into the fact that um, your communication styles are different and help you make an informed decision about whether you are willing to adjust, they're willing to adjust or not because continuing in that kind of relationship without those clear expectations on both sides will breed contention throughout, which, you know, is not the best circumstance yeah. for a long-term relationship. And then the benefits of working with a, with an agency is that we have um, the pro, I guess, of volume. So we have um, spoken with hundreds of nannies and dozens of hundreds, maybe, of families as well and we understand what those reoccurring issues are and so we put you know processes into place to help mitigate those but if you do encounter them we have a wealth of experience to help you navigate through it oh that's so good let's let's hit on this while i remember it because um what are some of the things that you would suggest um setting up with regard to a cadence so you or, or not not cadence Maybe some of the key things that you would suggest focusing on. So you talked about communication style and cadence. Um, mm -hmm. What are some other kind of key things that people really need to be thinking about once they've, and I'm jumping around here, but once they've employed their nanny, um, which then obviously leads to some of the interview questions, but let's just talk about you've, you've got your nanny with you. What are some of the key things that you should mm -hmm. be thinking about um, in addition to communication style and cadence? Uh, I think so. So you're asking specifically about communication after you've hired the nanny, how to actually establish great communication. Is that right? No, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like a, a list of here are the important things um, that I need to be considering when I'm hiring a nanny. So I think it's, okay. it's, do we, you know, education focus, right? Or is it more play and just let them, let them go crazy style, right? Or is it more going to be, yeah. right? So those types of things that you want to make sure that you're on the same page with. Yeah. So it's important to clarify the things actually before the position begins. And I will give you um, a list of a few of them. So uh, the discipline style is a really big one. If you have um, a gentle parenting style or uh, implement pro positive reinforcement or redirection. Um, you definitely want a nanny who has a history of implementing that in her nanny care. If you prefer a firm but n nurturing style, again, ideally you want that um, 
in, you want that trait to be within your nanny from the get-go. Um, otherwise, expect to have to train on those things because if they're not inclined to do it, they will need training to actually implement it consistently um, and on a daily basis. Uh, I do want to reiterate that establishing open communication is important. So telling your nanny explicitly what and when, what she can tell you, they can tell you, and when they should tell you. So do you want to know if your little one um, had a bad day, had time out that day? Do you want to know things like that so that the expectation of communication is set for her or them? Um, because otherwise it will default to what she is used to or what she prefers, which may not actually be in alignment with what you want. Uh, so discipline, establish open communication from the get-go. Also consider your worldview. Um, just like companies, households have cultures and you want at minimum someone who is comfortable implementing what's important to you with your children. And so if you um, implement prayer during the day and you want the nanny to echo that, uh, you want to have a conversation up front about their comfort in doing so, or if you have any particular um, cultural stipulations um, or things that you would like them to implement, again, just ensure that they're comfortable doing so. Um, yes. And then I would also say in regard to education, child rearing approach, share your dreams for your little one. Do you want them to be curious? Do you want them to ask questions about the world around them? Do you want them to be independent? Um, share your dreams for your little ones with your nanny so that she can infuse that into her nanny care because you want that, that care to be consistent with what you're doing and to also help reach your goals. Um, that is a large part of being a nanny is being an extension of the parents um, and ensuring care that is aligned with what you seek for your children so good yeah I think you nailed it so um, kind of what I heard is some of the, the main things that you want to focus on style matches are around discipline um, completely forgot about that one and that's that's so so important um, you've got communication around cadence style and level of detail I think that was the only one I sort of missed in our initial conversation. Because, again, do you want the play-by-play -play of everything that happened during the day, or do you kind of want the summary? Like what? And that might change, you know, depending on how much time you have in the in the evenings or whatever. But I think that's a good start. Worldview and culture, and then education perspective, right? So, you know, do you want to encourage curiosity? Um, is it more kind of a, a rule follower type of um, environment? You want more playful. Um, yeah, I think those are all really, really good. We never put those into... And I, Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, and, and then I did want to name a couple of other things. Um, personality as well. Personality traits. So, um, if you are a very quiet family and you like a very quiet environment, of course, <laughs> many children are not conducive. For that but if a very exuberant excited nanny um, is generally like that outside of the kids yeah. uh, it may not be a great fit for you right, um, right. or um, yeah so personality and then there is one more that I wanted to say that is slipping my mind but I'll try to, re to remember okay. it um, really good so you talked about interview go ahead do you remember Okay, I remembered it. I did. Um, also consider how um, independent 
or proactive you want your nanny to be. Do you want to be able to provide a list and they simply execute because you want it done in a certain way, in a certain order, which is totally okay? Or do you want the nanny to get an understanding of your household and then hit the ground running from there, only consult you in regard to, you know, the day-to-day -day tasks when she has a question? Um, because if they don't have a history of being proactive in their previous positions, if the references have not communicated that trait to you, it's unlikely that they will perform in that way for your family. Um, and it's not a good or bad thing. It's simply a fit for you and what works well for your household your expectations and what value you're looking to get from your nanny. Very good. So on the interview process, you, um, I don't know if you said a number, but how many, how many people as part of the team will do the interviews? Um, and then do they, do they have different styles or different objectives? Kind of does, does one person maybe handle the personality part of it? Does one person maybe handle the, the, you know, the, communication style of it, or how do your interviews go? Mm -hmm. So the interview, I would say the entire vetting process is facilitated by three individuals, um, and the individuals do facilitate different parts of the process. So in terms of the interview questions, all of our interview questions are tailored to the candidate based on um, the resume, their work history, and also their submissions to our online application. And we do assess a lot of the personality traits during that initial first interview. Um, so we assess their child rearing style, if they have had any trouble communicating with employers in the past, um, really their work style, um, how competent they are, how educational they are. For some families, education specifically is not a high priority. They want their nannies to have fun. They want their nannies to be engaging. So in that interview, we assess um, where on the spectrum that particular candidate falls and their acumen for different age groups. Um, experience, I would say, is not the only thing to be considered when choosing a nanny to work with a particular age group. Um, they do have preferences, which we explore in terms of age, but also we, we want to understand if they understand that age group's milestones and the things that, that that child should be reaching toward and that she or he, he she or he, as the nanny, um, should help the child reach toward. So we, we in a broad way, assess their acumen um, in that initial interview. And then we look for the references to verify or negate what we have concluded um, in that interview. And then we have a follow-up conversation, granted that those two steps go well, um, to hone in on that work environment side, um, what types of work environments that they would be happy in, what their expectations are for communication for their parents so that we have everything that we need to make a great match, to cross what the families have told us and what the nannies have told us and make sure that they align um, and also inform the families ahead of time any pitfalls or any uh, areas of misalignment that we see so that the parents can ultimately make an, an informed decision. And then, um, of course, there are the formal vetting steps, such as the state and national criminal sexual abuse background checks, um, acquiring all of their records, reviewing the motor vehicle reports, verifying CPR certification, verifying education, all of that is included as well. Great. If you're looking to move anywhere in the Houston area, don't forget, we'd love to help you out. 
Give us a call or shoot us an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. Um, do you have any additional certifications um, around maybe learning disabilities or any type of, um, uh, yeah, any type of disabilities? It depends on the candidate. Um, so we do have some great RBTs, which are registered behavior technicians, and they do receive training and certifications for um, that field of work. And they typically work with um, adjusting or improving behaviors in children who have autism. In some cases, um, some of our educators may have prior experience with learning disabilities like ADHD, dyslexia, things like that. Um, it's not super common, I would say, but uh, some of our nannies definitely have special needs experience. And then in regard to infant care, um, we definitely staff nannies who are certified newborn care specialists, and there are um, different types of certifications that they can obtain as well. And then we're definitely a proponent of continued professional development. Um, so we do provide the nannies with resources for affordable but effective um, continued professional development in a variety of areas. If they primarily care for toddlers, there may be, you know, a toddler brain development course um, or creating an engaging toddler learning environment course as well. Sure. Um, how about the interview process for the parents? Mm -hmm. So um, our application is a bit lengthy, but the reason for that is um, so that we have everything that we need to understand what information that we're missing. And so after that, after we receive that application, we complete the follow-up call with the families in which we really hone in on the information that they've included. So if you say that you want someone who is both uh, proactive and collaborative, we want to understand what that means to you. Um, what does proactivity look like in your household? When do you want the nanny to collaborate and consult with you? Um, we ask the families, you know, what problems they want their nannies to solve uh, so that we can identify a candidate who can do that successfully, what their deal breakers are, what they're willing to be flexible on, um, a host of questions to confirm those uh, characteristics that we discussed earlier, worldview, child rearing approach, the discipline, communication style, personality traits. We also want to know um, if you have any personal areas of improvement that may impact uh, your time as an employer. So do you have a history of being curt in your communication? Okay, that's great. Some nannies can work really well with a variety of personalities. Others are very sensitive in that kind of communication style would not work for them long term. Um, so we make the process as efficient as possible. So it's not you know a very long process um, but we make it very purposeful in that we acquire everything that we need to um, successfully match them gotcha um, any any is there any focus on on foreign languages or uh, different languages great question Bilingual nannies are definitely a hit with our families. Um, we want to understand what each family's unicorn nanny is, and we will communicate to you what things that we think that you need to be flexible on um, to get who you're looking for. And so we definitely staff bilingual nannies as we are in Texas. Um, it's a great place to seek a Spanish-speaking nanny. Um, we have staffed some other language 
languages, um, German, we've had a French nanny as well, um, and a host of them from around the world. Like the city of Houston, our staff is pretty diverse, and so there may be you know, additional languages uh, that are not top of list for families, but that the nanny um, is fluent in. So yes, being bilingual can be a criteria that the families request. It can restrict the candidate pool though. So if you are seeking a French speaking nanny, that will cut down the pool quite a bit. And so you'll want to have a longer timeline for seeking that nanny. Um, and then we'll assess the other characteristics that you hope for to verify in advance of starting a search if we think that you can be successful. Because we take everything into, cons into consideration, location, the pay rate that you're open to offering, your schedule. If you have a late evening end time, that again is another characteristic that can exclude quite a few candidates from being interested in the position. Um, so we do aim to communicate upfront how successful we think we can be. And if we determine that we're ultimately not the best fit for your family, we will recommend other agencies that may be a better fit. I love how you put that, prioritize those things. Um, because as parents, we obviously want everything for our kids, right? So in our minds, it's just this whole kind of list of things and I want them to do this and I want them to do this. And, the, and then when they put their cape away in the evenings, I want them to be able to do this, right? We, we expect these super, super men and women to be able to come help us with our kids. Because of course, we're all super persons, right? We, we, we got it all going on. That's a joke for anybody that can't see the sarcastic look on my face. Um, so it's, um, I, I just love how you put that because the prioritization, I, I know when we were looking for a nanny, I did prioritize Spanish speaking because I wanted, I speak enough Spanish, um, I used to speak well, I speak enough Spanish to get by now. And I just think language in general is super important to help kids develop. And so I, I wanted them to be able to speak Spanish. But I've talked to a lot of people, there's a lot of different schools in Houston that have different language programs, whether they be French or Chinese. Um, we met a wonderful couple the other day that they're really working to have their kids speak German, as you brought up. And so um, I, I think just what you put, the prioritization of what do you want, right? We've got all these other kind of things with regard to discipline style and communication and, and so on and so forth. To be able to find that unicorn, as you said, is probably very difficult and then to have somebody help you with the the likelihood of you finding all those things and then maybe helping you craft that okay here's probably the weighting that you want to put on that right what you're asking for is going to be really easy in these areas you know in the end do you really want them to speak spanish or not okay well i can do without that as long as those other things and so to have somebody like yourself to be able to help the person really find out the likelihood and, and where they want to be is probably super important. Um, you brought up some other things. So you talked about how long the process could be. How long is the, the process from start to finish usually or a range? Great question. It depends. So if our ideal candidate is presently on staff, we can have a, a family successfully match between between about three to four weeks, and that includes interviews and trial appointments. We do require that all of our families facilitate in-home trial appointments with a nanny before actually making it an, an offer of employment to ensure that they are indeed aligned in a great long-term fit. Um, so three to four weeks, though, if your ideal fit is not presently on staff, 
we begin a dedicated search on your family's behalf in which we solicit vet and interview candidates tailored to you and in that case it can be an up to 12 week timeline so if your requirements are very specific um, or there are other characteristics of the search um, that are possibly a bit more difficult to place then you may land on the higher end of that but we're happy to provide a quote of the number of candidates presently on staff who appear to be a fit for your family so that you can confirm if you're comfortable with that number and comfortable with a potential timeline okay is there a is there a cost to start the process if you don't have a nanny on staff Yes, absolutely. So there is a $299 search fee, $299, and that gets our team working for your family. Um, the trial appointments will be billed at the nanny's hourly rate, plus a $35 per appointment fee. And then upon successfully matching the family, we'll bill a nanny placement fee, which will be 15, 1-5% of the nanny's wages. So just like a realtor, <laughs> um, we don't receive, you know, um, much compensation until we are successful. Gotcha. All righty. And then um, how about some of the other duties um, that you, as, as a parent, you would um, expect or, or you could see that the nanny performing in addition to the child care? Mm -hmm. So when thinking about the duties, you want to consider what adds the most value to your household. Child care duties are on the table for nearly all nannies and so that definitely includes the ch child's meal preparation usually includes children's laundry if time allows um, tidying the children's area making sure that the home is as orderly as when they arrived uh, so all of those are on the table in terms of child related responsibilities restocking low items notifying you depending on the process that you have in your home notifying you when stock items are low children's items are low um, or even placing the order for those items if you allow them to do so and then extending beyond that um, there can be more included depending on the candidate's skill set so if cooking meals for the family as well would add a great benefit to your household and the nanny enjoys cooking or is quite good at it that could be something that is discussed and negotiated um, running errands can be another thing organizing can be another option managing the children's schedules and so this is particularly applicable for those who um, have older children who attend school and have a variety of after-school schedules so they can be the coordinator um, of the weekly schedule and simply inform you of it in more of a family assistant type role making returns picking up groceries things like that um, but for any tasks that are not child related you want to ensure that your schedule allows for those tasks to occur without the children some nannies are very versed and comfortable juggling you know non-child care tasks while caring for a child um, but we find that the happiest nannies have a dedicated slot of time so if your little one's um, in school at three you may have your nanny start at one so that she has those two hours each day to dedicate to preparing a meal for your family without the pressure of ensuring that your little one is also engaged while doing that other task um, and I know that yeah we d we definitely have some super parents but we do if we hear if we speak with a family who has um, a lot of expectations for their nanny that when combined 
can be quite unrealistic, we do candidly communicate that to you because we specialize in long-term placements. To be somewhere long-term, you want to be, ha you, ha you have to be happy. Um, and so we'll coach you on how to create the best environment, but also you're paying for a value add. And so we will help ensure that you also get um, that value add to your household. I uh, think that the ongoing thing I, I think is is absolutely overlooked. I think people when they're trying to price these things out, it's it's it can be a, a big expense. It likely is a large expense, um, and then to tack something else on, you know, sometimes it might scare people off. But for I don't I don't think what I, I, we definitely didn't realize is just all the ongoing type of services that are provided um, that are extremely helpful and then again with all of the additional educational resources that you provide to be able to help the nanny that's those are those are big um, what about driving drop off and pick off you talked about checking the DMV records um, driving records but is, is pick up and drop off a common thing are they likely to use their own car should should the parents have a dedicated car what does that look like great question we only staff nannies who have a personal, reliable, insured vehicle. Um, so, and we recommend that for emergency purposes. If your little one needs anything, ideally your nanny has the vehicle to transport them. Um, and so, yes, we do check the motor vehicle report and inform families of any things that are on it to ensure that you're comfortable with the driving history of that candidate. And so, yes, driving the children, especially in Houston, um, is, is a pretty standard ask and easy to be fulfilled and accommodated by most nannies. I would say 80, 80, I think 80 is a good number. 80% of nannies are comfortable driving their personal vehicle. Um, you do wanna be mindful of the IRS, the current rate for the IRS mileage reimbursement. So the nanny should be tracking when she's driving on the job and submit those to you for reimbursement um but yes pick up drop off all on the table and then i would say 20 percent of nannies prefer that uh prefer or require that their families provide a vehicle um when hiring a nanny who will drive your children you want to verify that the registration is up to date that the insurance is up to date um, a lot of our insurances don't are not paid for the year. So they have terms that are shorter than a year. So if your nanny's insurance expires November, 2023, you should be checking in November, 2023, that that insurance has been renewed. So, you, so it is um, something that you need to stay on top of. And then also in regard to driving the children, um, we always recommend that families give the nanny a rundown of what will happen, um, so a hands-on experience. So what that typically looks like, um, especially for school pickup and drop-off, which can vary widely between the school, is that the parent is driving the first time and the nanny is in the passenger seat, um, observing the process that the family goes through. But then after that first one, then have the nanny drive with the parent in the passenger seat so that you can correct any errors that, that may happen. and then once you're both comfortable with the routine that is expected to be facilitated, then allow the nanny to get free reign. Um, and so I think another thing that parents may not consider when staffing a long-term candidate is that there will be some kind of training involved. Even the best, most seasoned, experienced nannies um, need you to tell them 
what they need to do. <laughs> um, because every household's different, every school is different, every child is different. And so you get the best long-term return on your investment if you spend the time upfront to properly inform and train that nanny on what your expectations are. And do you check on the um, insurance and other types of things? You you keep track of that for the for the parents if they're if they go through you. We do, and we um, do provide all of the documentation. So everything that we have on file, the copy of their insurance, the copy of their driver's license will be provided to the parent. Uh, so those aren't documents that they have to spend the time to secure. We already have them on file, and we provide them to them. And your, the agreement gotcha. that we create will list any expiration dates that are on the horizon. So if their CPR certification will be expired on a particular date, we send a reminder email. So we don't, because the families will ultimately be the employer, we don't um, secure the updated document once hired, but we will remind both you and them, hey, this is about to expire, it's time to renew. Okay, the reminders, yeah, that's, that's important. Um, I was going to go back to the car real quick. I know for us, we have twins, so um, one of the things about the different cars are multiple car seats, right? Or, or car seats in just in general. So that's why we we chose to. So I drove um, I drove my old truck for a long time when we had the kids, and then we had the minivan for the for the nanny and the kids, and then my wife had her own car. Um, so that's the other thing you have to kind of consider too. Is is buckling in those car seats all the time, transfer them back and forth, they're not light. Um, and so that was just the choice that we made is just, you know, having the ability to be able to have kind of a dedicated car. Um, and yeah, I mean, safety and whatever else you kind of want to put onto that, but that's something else to consider, um, especially if, you, if you've got multiple kids of that age, yeah, because that's another kind of time yeah, and again, some people are, are, are comfortable exchanging the car seats. Sometimes they're not. There's a whole process to that of getting them locked in. So, yeah, um, that's a great point. Because um, I had I'd, I'd, I'd read a stat. Um, I don't know the exact number, but it was definitely a high majority um, based on this particular study of car seats are installed incorrectly. Yeah. So the more times Absolutely. that you're taking out reinstalling, the more room for error that you have in safety is always the top priority um so creating a scenario in which that doesn't have to happen is absolutely ideal yeah um let's see kind of hit on uh, you hit on some of the costs is there a kind of cost range that parents should expect um maybe on a monthly basis or however you want to break it down it varies and largely depends on location, job duties, and the ages of the children. I would say depending on those three factors, you could lend anywhere between a 23 to 28 or more dollar range. Um, so it definitely depends. As um, families who have employed nannies previously have seen, the cost of a nanny has absolutely increased along with everything else um, and they, those rates have not gone back down. And so the rates that you see today will be very different than the rates that you saw a few years ago. Um, so something to be considerate of. But ideally, the return that you get from the value that the nanny adds to not only your household, but also your children's lives um, in the long term will be worth it. And especially if you have um, a candidate who is preparing your child 
for the future. Just like preschool te- te- teachers, daycare workers, nannies are a part of the pipeline that ultimately prepare your little one for kindergarten and beyond. Um, so it's definitely an investment. Yep. And um, do they, the parents pay them um, through, through some type of payroll service or do you have a payroll service? possible or the parents are responsible for that Mm -hmm. so once a family is placed we will provide them with a guide to becoming a household employer so it will walk the parent step by step through the process of becoming a household employer in the state of texas and we do recommend a payroll system in the age of technology it's super easy to run payroll um very very easy the nanny will sign up with the payroll system and put her withholding information that payroll system will automatically calculate deduct and submit the taxes on your behalf so in terms of the parent it's a pretty hands-off process um, in terms of the calculations and the payroll provider that we recommend as well as others provide an assurance that if they miscalculate the taxes they will pay any penalties associated with that miscalculation and then at the end of each calendar year that payroll system will produce a w-2 for the nanny and then also a schedule h for the family to use on their personal taxes perfect yep all righty um any other questions or or things you want to add um i'm sure i missed missed a ton um any any kind of pertinent things that you want to just chime in Yes, uh, your your listeners um, should definitely visit our blog. So during the summertime, we released a summer nanny series that uh, included child kid-friendly field trips, day-to-day activities, parks that um, are around Houston. So I think there are probably mm, maybe six to nine different blogs about outings and activities. So if you already have a nanny, definitely check it out. It will give them some ideas uh, for things to do in Houston with their little ones. Well, tons of good information for the, in kind of relation to the things I missed. If if there's questions that parents have, um, how would they get in touch with you? Mm -hmm. Feel free to give us a call. Our phone number is 832-583-STEM, S-T-E-M, 7836. Or feel free to email us at team, T-E-A-M as in Mary, at stem, S-T-E-M, nannies, N-A-N-N-I-E-S dot com. And we will promptly respond to you. Thank you so much. Um, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, so many things I wish I would have known when we were going through the process. Um, just great information. Really a pleasure talking with you. It was amazing talking to you too. You make me want to do more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, so I hope you guys enjoyed um, this little different version. Um, I, I Hopefully it's been helpful to you as it's been to me. Though we're not going to have any more kids, so um, that's, a, that's another <laughs> thing entirely. Um, so... If you want, if you like more of these things, uh, just let us know. What it would definitely happen? Ha- we're definitely happy to have more other business owners on. Um, and stay tuned. Next time we'll be talking about another great neighborhood and um, possibly another great business owner giving you um, some more information. So thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast. We've had a wonderful time discussing what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in the heart of Texas. If you're considering a move to Houston or within Houston, we're here to guide and assist you. 
Don't hesitate to reach out with a call or an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. And remember, the charm of Houston lies in its diverse neighborhoods. So make sure to tune in next week where we'll be exploring another vibrant neighborhood in Houston, offering insights into its unique lifestyle and opportunities. Until then, stay safe and keep envisioning your perfect Houston living experience. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you in our next episode.